Radio 1 91FM podcast. I'm joined now by Dr. Jared O'Regan. Morena to you. Oh, tēnākoe, Jamie. How are we today? Oh, parawa, parawa. Fantastic. Uh, you're Curator Māori, uh, new uh, Curator Māori at the um, Otago Museum. Uh, so, first off, I guess, um, who are you and um, how did you begin this role? Oh, oh tēnākoe. Uh, ko aura ki te mauka, ko waitaki te awa, taupote ki te tūpuna, uh, ko ue nuku te whareke moiraki, uh, ko rakeamo tahapu, uh, ko Gerard Oregon Ahau, tēnā um, my um, my role in the museum started a long time ago when I was um, uh, about 18 mm-hmm. up in Wellington. I got a job at the National Museum working with the Taonga Māori, the Māori treasures up there. And uh, from that, um, it was a time when te- the Te Māori exhibition had just been travelling around the world and mm-hmm. came back to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really exciting time. And uh, Te Māori came and visited um, it, it was hosted here at Otago Museum for a while and uh, the National Museum sent me down to be a little bit of a helper on that for a wee bit um, and at that time I got involved with the uh, uh, all of the runanga down here so my maraia, uh, my principal maraia Moiraki uh, mm-hmm. and then also Awarua down in Bluff so um, coming down here, being involved with the Fano, with the Tamari exhibition at that time, it uh, cemented my ideas of um, both working with uh, Taonga Māori, but also uh, coming coming to Dunedin. That Tamari ex- exhibition, because it was a long time ago, and I guess a lot, so some of our listeners won't exactly know what it was, but it was a big deal at the time, wasn't it? I mean, it took some amazing treasures all around the world. Oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely, and. Um, it was the time when we started across New Zealand started talking about Taonga Māori, you yep. know, Māori treasures, as opposed to what was previously argued as being ethnographic collections or anthropological collections, um, or on the other hand, artworks. Yep. And uh, there's a bit of a debate going on how these things should be viewed because, you know, the Metropolitan Museum in New York hosted Taonga Māori, uh, te, the Te Māori exhibition. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that debate happened, Māori came out and said, well, actually, they're not artworks and they're not archaeological collections, they're actually taonga. Yeah. And it was a turning point in Māori participation in museums, and that was the the really big thing, is Māori from all over the country started coming into museums in big numbers for the exhibition, but from that it also started to set the platform that anything museums were going to be doing with Taonga Māori, with the Māori stories, uh, with Māori heritage, then they actually needed to have that iwi participation at the forefront. Yeah. And um, and also more Māori people actually engaged and working within the museum frameworks. So to Māori it was a big turning point and all of our development of bicultural museums can look back to that moment to yeah. some extent, yeah. That's fantastic. So it was kind of, well, you were saying you came from the National Museum, so maybe it was happening on that level, but it wasn't on your localised museum level, like Auckland, Otago, and... The National Museum, it was, it was a movement happening. Te Māori uh, created a movement around the country. Yeah. Uh, it got a... The bicultural development in New Zealand museums got a huge boost mm. um, when they decided to build Te Papa, the National Museum, and... One of the things they decided to do with that, the government decided to do, was to make sure there was plenty of Māori staff. 
so I'd come down here to do my degree in archaeology mm-hmm. um, and uh, then I was fortunate enough to go and join the new influx of Māori um, workers back at the National Museum in the lead up to Te Papa yep. and, uh, and that set a footprint right across New Zealand so now we have a lot of Māori people working in museums of all kinds of museums and all kinds of roles mm-hmm. right across the mutu and, and that's you, really exciting. Then you came back to Otipoti, didn't you? And you put, took another role up at the, at the museum. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I was fortunate to... So I was working with the Taonga Māori up at the National Museum and then I got um, this opportunity to come back here as what we used to call the Museum Re- Regional Service Officer. And I went around all of the little museums in Otago and Southland oh. helping them out. And, ah. that, and that was great because, you know, suddenly I'm out of my box and sort of um, working, um, working and talking with people who are restoring tractors and yeah, yeah, having yeah. ploughing competitions yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that vintage machinery stuff. Yeah. But also the other side of the, um, you know, the, the wider community histories down here. And so that was, a, that was a huge privilege and a really exciting job. It, there was 86, 86 museums in Otago and Southland at that time. Wow. So wow. there's a lot of heritage being preserved by the community. Yeah, yeah, there is indeed. Um, and what are you? So you did archaeology down here. What got you into archaeology and specifically Maori rock art? Because that's your speciality, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that that came that came when I was down here, uh, and I was lucky enough to do a little bit of work with um, uh, Ethel Anderson and Brian Allingham, uh, who um, had got at Otago University here who had got the um, uh, a rock art project going and then it became a tribal project Naitahu actually adopted it as yep. a iwi owned iwi driven project and I got given the opportunity to um, to manage the initial part of that project and that got me interested in it and I was sort of involved I was uh, the heritage manager for Naitahu for a while but I really like the hands-on work. Mm-hmm. And so that, um, when an opportunity came for the whānau to shift to Auckland for a little bit, um, I went back to school up in Auckland and did a master's. And uh, I thought I should do something on that rock art that I've been managing, you know, yeah, or yeah. helping manage. I thought, oh, it might be good to do a little project <laughs> on it. So I did my master's on that and got absolutely bitten by the rock art bug. Yeah. And um, that then led on to the PhD. Yeah, rock thing. Yeah, people do get written by, bitten by the rock bug, right? It's a thing. It's oh, a yeah, legitimate yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and, uh, you know, I've been really lucky and privileged to uh, to travel around the world to a whole lot of different places on the theme of rock art. And um, one of the neat things has been seeing how people have been researching the rock art, looking after it, preserving it, telling the stories of it, mm-hmm. and bringing some of those ideas back here. So I was lucky to be involved in um, helping set up the... Uh, Naitahu Rock Art Centre up in uh, Timaru, Tiana. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, in, in the south, a lot of people know about the drawings in Maungati. Um, and but I was really, to- I was told as a kid, you know, it's the things I remember. One of the things I remember as a kid, like that, that location was really a rarity, uh, and there wasn't much rock art out there, Maori rock art. But that's not the case, is it? There's a lot more Māori rock art around the country than we think. So we now know that there's about, I think, um, the rock art, the Ngaitahu Rock Art Trust, last time they were looking at it, said there's about 650-odd sites in the South Island. Mm -hmm. In the North Island, we now know there's at least 150 sites up there. And um, 
the, our understanding of the rock art is growing, and we're actually getting to a point where we know more about what we don't know than what we do know about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, and so we've now got reason to believe that if we actually look further, we would expect to find uh, more rock art sites in different areas, different regions. But um, that's also got to be counterbalanced by how things survive over the years. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, does it span, you know, Maori history in, in Aotearoa? What are the earliest works you found? I mean, have you, have you been dating them? Well, there's a lot of argument around that. Um, that's that, 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 that's probably a whole other subject in terms of um, issues around dating Maori rock art. It's very hard to date. Yeah. Um, at the moment, my personal opinion, and I think probably that of most researchers now is it was something that arrived here right at the f- first arrival mm-hmm. of um, of our Tupuna's footprint in New Zealand and it was um, continuous through to uh, certainly the um, historic period yep. when people were also using writing, um, missionary taught writing in the rock art but that's not to say that everybody was doing it everywhere all at the same time Yeah. But if you look across the island, if you look across the or both islands, we'll see sort of things that suggest that they have that the that the old people were doing rock art at different times, but they're also doing it for different things. Yeah, There's yeah, probably yeah. not one story. Yeah. It's probably a multiplicity, a, a multiple um, things as to what it means in different locations, different places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, were some doing it for just art's sake? Were some doing it to tell stories? Uh, some of it to, like, identify hunting grounds and things like that? You know, what what are the uses? Well, I, I, I think it's been um, used as markers for a whole lot of different things. And so um, some things... For example, sometimes you'll just see a little red mark, like a little thumbprint, and um, yet that might be in indicating um, a particular place's tapu. Yeah. Or it might be some individual's mark. And so there is a story up in the North Island of um, of uh, a particular rangatira who showed how tall he was and his mana by um, putting kokowai, ochre on his nose, and um, hongiing, pressing his nose to the ceiling wow. of the cave. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so you... The, there's a whole lot of different um, things, but one of the other things is how the rock art has been re- reused today. Yeah. So our contemporary Ngaitahu artists are uh, incorporating a lot of rock art design and motif into um, new artworks, mm-hmm. um, particularly new artworks that are placed in the landscape, uh, like sort of, you know, with the roading redevelopments and that kind of a thing uh, up around Kaikoura and so on. But then... There's also the reuse of old rock art, and one of those examples here in Dunedin, of course, is um, the Rungo Stone mm-hmm. uh, out at um, Anderson Bay there, and uh, that was a taonga from um, the Taranaki coast. It is um, from the beach down in front of Parihaka, mm-hmm. and uh, it w- that rock got selected and brought down here as the memorial to the um, uh, the Taranaki prisoners down here. Yeah. And so that's because you know that rock has old old significance that it can as um, you know its modi is um, is brought down and and the and the the fakairo, the artwork on it yeah it probably indi- was an indicative of the significance of that rock and part of the reason why it was selected as the 
the memorial stone. Yeah, and and, uh, and it's a, a beautiful thing that rock, and, and it feels like it's in the right space, right? Oh, to my way of thinking, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely, yeah. and it makes it, it draws that important connection between. Um, up there and down here, yeah. but to, you know, for the Tiatiao and for the and the Ngaitahu who involved um, with uh, uh, that whole co-papa, yeah. and, and the the story, you know, what happened and um, the story and the thing about uh, Parihaka uh, for, for non-Maori, for like myself, um, it's come into significance over the last like five or ten years. It's really interesting. Oh, yeah. We're starting to think about that more and, and other things that have happened. Yeah. And so that, you know, brings us to that question of how we um, how we mark those things and yeah. remember those mm. events and places. And, um, of course, that's got great currency at the moment with um, discussions around statues yes. and whether what statues should or shouldn't be there. Um, but sort of uh, that's one of the neat things about the rock art is sort of... It, 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 it gives us cause to sort of stop and look at what people have, what people were doing, where they're doing it, and um, we don't necessarily know the answers. Yeah. But just taking that time to ask the questions and think about it is one of the really uh, important things about how we engage with heritage. With the, with the rock art, a lot of it's on limestone. So how do we save it? How do we preserve it? Or do we let it run its natural course? Oh, look, there are. That's that's a. That's a really hard question and that um, sometimes people will feel that it's best to just leave it uh, where it is, let, it, let nature take its, um, run its course as you say, um, because sometimes we're thinking about more the modi of the place and to take the, to take the rock out or the pictures and chop them out and remove them from the place is uh, impacting on, uh, on the um, the character of the place, you know, the, the site, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. or uh, to us, the Wahi Tupuna, the ancestral yeah. place. On the other hand, um, uh, if we're thinking about the art, you know, sometimes there is that hope to preserve them and to uh, maintain them and stop them uh, further eroding so that we've at least, um, you know, got that opportunity to connect with them. So when we look at the Otago Museum, for example, We've got a collection of rock art in there mm-hmm. that was chopped out of Takiroa and Māori Whenua up, in, um, uh, up by Duntroon. And uh, one of the really interesting things there was not long ago there was an exhibition of Ngaitahu artists uh, up at um, Christchurch and um, they got one of these pieces from Takiroa, uh, the rock, one of the pieces of rock chopped out and they used that as the Modi stone for their exhibition, and so in that way, uh, a bit like the Rongo stone, um, uh, those Fukaido or those artworks, so that that rock art can carry on having another. It's not to say another purpose, but a, a, a continuation of purpose in a yep. different context. Yeah, that's that's nice. Um, I like that. So um, back to the role at the museum. Um, what are your what are your Plans and hopes for the role. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do with it? Oh well, it, that kind of like loops back to how I got involved in museums in the beginning. And I mean, the first thing is we're always working with the Taonga, and the the hope of any uh, curator has always got to be that um, 
the Taonga, the treasures we're working with, are well looked after, well loved, and um, that whānau, iwi um, and the community are coming in and engaging with them and enjoying them. So one of the key things for me is sort of thinking about how we um, uh, how we uh, maintain that community engagement. Mm-hmm. I, and that will include um, our marae here, our mana whenua here, but also we've got taonga from other iwi, and it's, we've got to be thinking about how we're maintaining the relationship between other people, other iwi, and their, their taonga that mm-hmm. are held here. Um, so that's a, always a bit of a challenge, but um, the big, one of the big challenges we've got coming up is going to be the redevelopment of the Tangata Whenua Gallery. And um, I was actually involved in that when I was a student, back in the 1980s mm-hmm. um, uh, looking at the Shag River, river mouth excavation um, there's actually actually a photo of me on the Shag River mouth ex- oh, excavation right? in the gallery <laughs> and, I've, and I've got hair my kids still <laughs> my kids still think it's a great joke you know oh there's dad with hair um, <coughs> but the um, one of the things you know we'll that's really exciting about um, the museum now is we're looking at, uh, and you see it with um, Tuhura and um, mm-hmm. other parts of the museum, is there's a much greater Māori footprint and presence across across all of the different displays and exhibitions. And so we've got to, um, there's already been a lot of work done, a lot yep. of cool stuff done in terms of where we go with the redevelopment of the Tangata Whenua Gallery. <coughs> but um, at the same time, uh, uh, whatever we do, whatever we make there, we've got to make sure that it's moving and alive and engaged, and it's not. It doesn't end up being a gallery that's going to be sitting there for uh, thirty years with um, another picture of an, uh, of another young archaeological student <laughs> who's going to look old in the day. <laughs> uh, Brilliant. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming in this morning. It's been a pleasure having you here. Oh, kia ora. My, my, oh, it's all my privilege. Yeah, it's a privilege to be back down here and um, yeah, back down home and working yeah. in this kind of a role. I like that. That's great. And um, we'll um, talk again uh, a little bit more in depth, hopefully, about Māori rock art in the future. Kia ora mai. Cheers. That was the Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.